What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hi, before we start the show, let's talk about the after party on our Patreon page. Every Friday, Kimberly Johnson and I record a fourth podcast for the week, but this one is totally different from the usual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. The Friday after party podcast is loaded with all the politics you want, while also including uncensored, completely obscene conversations about sex, drugs, movies, television, our personal lives, all the crap all we can't get away with on the free show. So please help support this podcast by subscribing to our Friday after party podcast for just $10 per month, and you're also going to get two post-mortem shows every week included in that level of support that's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com and now let the cartoons begin recorded live in the usa covering the whole wide world right on this is the bob seska show presented by bubblegenius.com this is pitiful a thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat what a hype. Not like they used to mean something in this town. They used to pull the hog out and they used to eat it. You're hypocrites, all of you. You got a problem with what I'm saying, Larry? Untie your tongue and you come out here and talk, huh? Am I upsetting you, princess? You know, you want a prediction about the weather. You're asking the wrong Phil. I'll give you a winter prediction. It's gonna be cold. It's going to be gray, and it's going to last you for the rest of your life. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. <laughs> you really are sick. It's the Bob Seska Show. You know, I loaded up that Groundhog Day clip, and I only just now realized how dark it is. Holy shit. From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, Feb 2, 2021. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 14 of the Biden-Harris administration, 644 days until the 22 midterms. And back for another show, it's the great Rocky Mountain Mike. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. This is the album version. (laughs) (laughs) Mike. The drum solo. (laughs) It is cold. It is dark. And it is going to last you the rest, the rest of your of life. Your life. Yeah. You know, who I'm thinking about today, Mike, is uh, our mutual friend, Richard Hensel, who uh, has oh, yeah. a, a prominent spot in Groundhog Day. 
Yeah, he's one of the DJs yeah, on there. He's one of the two DJs on the radio. Yeah. On the yes, little so, clock radio. So I want great. one of those clock radios, man. Yeah, me too. With the I flipping with numbers, the, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't. You know what? That's something that I would swear that you would have. If anyone would have one of those, like with a special have, spotlight over it. I have shopped. Or? I have shopped clock radios, and I'm here to tell you it was just because of my own, you know, on my own sense of like you do not need more crap in this house. Right. So today- yeah, uh, I got my shot today, right? Oh yes, and, yes. Uh, so I had the uh, I had my little uh, device. Mm-hmm. I don't say the device's name because the device will come alive and <laughs> ask me questions. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I had the device wake me up with "Big Shot" by Billy Joel because it was my shot, my uh-huh. big shot. Ah, uh, that's so great. So and uh-huh. Buzz is uh, Buzz is coming back sometime. We yeah we, yeah. I'd been trying to do the dad jokes, and part of me wants. Doesn't I don't really want to do it because I don't want to steal his shtick, but on the other hand, I don't want to alarm your view your listeners, yeah, and make make them think that anything is really different. So I'm just, as a matter of fact, I ought to do it in the buzz voice, you know. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Bob. I I can't do it. I can't do the. I want to tell you, I was because it's kind of a Larry King. I don't know. Anyway, that, that's so, that's an okay impression of Buzz. I mean, it's not spot on, but it's you know, it's what I would call an impression, not an impersonation. Fighting back a, against his regime of deplorables. <laughs> no, right, yeah. very, very. So, good. hi, Bob. Hi, I, this is hello. The dad I'm just yes. uh, getting back from my first COVID nineteen shot. Mm-hmm. I think I confused the nurse when I said. I'm here for my Lindsey Graham when all I needed to say was I wanted a little prick. Thank you. I get it. Uh, so last night in a home theater, my girlfriend and I watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Nice. And I really love you got to come sometime. I love my home theater. Mm-hmm. It, I've always been an early adopter of movie technology. In fact, in the early 80s, I was the first one on my block to get the Spielberg science fiction classic on Jewish space laser disc. Yeah. <laughs> Special technology. Technology, yeah, right, right. Fuck them. So the winter weather hitting the Northeast, getting really bad. Meteorologists are saying that the D.C. area hasn't seen a storm of blinding white this bad since January 6th. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of Trump fans, you know, I have a lot of them in my neighborhood, and I'm on lockdown here, so Mm -hmm. I'm having to go to the parking lot to do the curbside pickup uh, at Lowe's Home Improvement to get the materials for my panic room. Oh, you too. You get get in line behind me, Mac. Yeah, and like you mentioned, it's Groundhog Day. Uh-huh. I would do that joke about, uh, you know, if Trump sees his shadow, we'll have six more weeks of impeachment trial. But that analogy is completely unfair to burrowing rodents. The Bob Seska Show. Oh, yeah. Marjorie Taylor Green is effing crazy. Here's your Mighty win. She's Marjorie Green. She is the batshit one on the hill. Marjorie Green, she is the mayor of Crazy Bill. <laughs> well, she told her mama on the day she was born, don't you cry when my brain is gone. Now those cold hard facts, no, they won't settle her down. Can't you see she's chewing on everybody now? Green, green, she's Marjorie Green, she wants to get up in your grill. Marjorie Green, she drank too much from her own skill. No, there ain't nobody in this whole wide world gonna tell her that she's out of place. Well, now she 
ladies on the lookout with their tinfoil hat for Jewish lasers from outer space. Have a tequila! Green, green, she's watery green, she's getting that shit meaner still. Green, green, she's watery green, she's the mayor of Crazy Bill. She is the mayor of Crazy Bill. Yes, she is. She is the mayor of Crazy I uh, the great Rocky Mountain Mike. You, right there, sitting right there. Amazing uh, work on that song. I love that. Salute to the new Christy Minstrels. And Barry McGuire was the lead singer on the original. Oh, hey. And Barry, you know, he sang Eve of Destruction. And, Eve of Destruction. Uh, and Barry is still with us. Uh, my device told me that last night. Last night. He's 85. Oh, wow. And 85. Still very much alive, yeah. Well, yeah. you know who else is still alive is uh, Buzz Burbank. And uh, Buzz is um, apparently returning home at the end of this week. So we're grateful to hear that. that and... Uh, he was supposed to return for next Tuesday's show, but as bad fortune would have it, he's got to go and do. He's got to go to the doctor on uh, next Tuesday. So, so there will be no buzz until two weeks from today. So, two weeks from today, Buzz will make his triumphant return to the show. And I have no idea when the last Buzz Burbank news and comment podcast will drop. Maybe next week, maybe the week after that. I need to get uh, in touch with him and find out what the details are before we uh, report back to you about all of that. But uh, we're still. And I may not be here next week because, uh, like I told you before, I have a job now. Uh, So (laughs) I've got. I took a three. You do that all the time, Mike. Where you you retire and then you take another job, and then you retire and then you take another job. Keep dragging me back. (laughs) It's this endless Um, loop. Well, you know, I am kind of getting tired of sitting around in the house, and yeah. this is a job that's like two miles from my house. It's only a three-month contract. It's an IT thing, mm-hmm. and it's one of those deals where they have, I'm going to get a little techie here, they have old Visual Basic 6 code, yeah. which uh, it was written, you know, it's, it's chiseled on stone. You know, that's how old this crap is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, as much experience as I have, I can go in and actually just take a crap on that code and improve it. <laughs> And so it's, you know what I mean? It's going to be like low expectations. Yeah. So I'll be able to just breeze right through this and say, get some money. Uh, and I'm going to get some money. I'm going to buy myself a vehicle and I'm going to buy myself a trailer. I'm going to hit those national parks with my COVID vaccine and I'm going to get back out there and take oh, some yeah, pictures yeah. And, and be back into actually living again. Yeah. The guy, so. you must be so excited that now that you've finally gotten your, uh... see, now I was about to say, it. I was about to say the phrase and I refuse Huh. I refuse to use the phrase Fauci ouchie to describe the vaccine. It's just not my, it's not my thing. That's the sound of Mike uh, getting his vaccine right there. That's, uh, but I, I'm not, uh, oh my God, Fauci ouchie. You know what? That comes from the same place where grownups these days, we have to have our vitamins in gummy form. That's where this <laughs> Fauci ouchie childish nonsense is, is coming from. It's coming yeah. from the same well, mine source. Mine was shaped like Bam Bam, actually. <laughs> I, I, some things, man. Some things, uh, modern grown-ups, I just don't well, you understand. Know, and, and, and there was no ouchie to it at all. I didn't feel a thing. It wow. just, it was, And I've heard that so many times from women. But I want to tell you, sorry, um, but I didn't feel it. You know, there was nothing. <laughs> Usually when you get an injection, you feel that you know pain or something. For, yeah, yeah. Nothing. So yeah, I yeah. understand the second one is uh, a little more painful because it's a lot. It's got a little more viscosity to it, right? You know. Well, but yeah, bring it on. I mean, it, what happened was they they said I was in the running for this job, and I was concerned because it's an in person thing. And almost in the same hour, I found out where I could sign up for a vaccine. So I was like, "Yeah, man!" It's like all of a sudden, after all of this, 
we're getting some good news. Yeah, thank <laughs> fucking God. And there's lots of good news to be had because it looks like the Democrats are going to push through this COVID relief legislation using reconciliation. Chuck Schumer has already taken steps along those lines. So that's great. I just, you know, the Republicans are going to constantly scream and stomp and then you say, please include us, please include us. And then when you say, okay, we'll bring in some of your amendments, that's fine. Then they suddenly go, well, we're not going to vote for the fucking thing anyway. We're going to turn it into a whole goddamn mess where we're screaming screaming and whining and telling you that you're spending way too much money, you stupid, stupid tax and spend Democrats. The same old crap that uh, Barack Obama went through eight years ago and is now being, or not eight years ago, 12 years ago, and uh, is now being repeated all over again. But I think this time- It reminds time, me so much. When I was in Kansas City three yeah. and a half, four years ago, we would take these daily walks, <laughs> a bunch of us uh, that worked there. And there was this one guy, you could tell he just watched Fox News. And I remember distinctly <laughs> this guy saying, Jesus. talking about how- um, how Obama didn't want to work with the Republicans, mm-hmm. you know, and and you and you you and I grew up through the reality world where Mitch McConnell said we don't want him to have a second term, you know, yeah, and and that's the reality of it. And the, mm-hmm. these people, the reason I bring this up is because these people don't live in a universe where they even know that even happened. No, absolutely you know, that, that, not. That he made this unprecedented effect of of stalling and and you know stopping everything, and they haven't changed, and we have to. We have to make people know that's the reality of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, the reality is never going to sink into the minds of whatever it is, 74 million voters who are now completely tethered to fiction and fantasy and nonsense, including the fact that they say that Barack Obama didn't reach out to Republicans at all, which is, of course, nonsense. And that's within that epistemic bubble that they've got, that confirmation bias provided by Breitbart and Fox News Channel and AM Talk Radio. And uh, also Obama, Obama, big racist, big racist. (laughs) That's exactly right. Why does he hate so many white people? Brief correction from last week, by the way, the Rolex that uh, Joe Biden wears was a gift from the first lady. It didn't belong to Bo Biden. That was a bit of uh, disinformation online that was making its rounds all over Twitter and Facebook and everything like that. And I, I got yanked into that and I, I regret the error, I, so, but I'm, I'm here to correct it because we've got to make sure that this non-scandal is absolutely 100% accurate. I had heard that he, uh, that he pulled it off the, the dead body of JFK Jr. after <laughs> Hillary killed him. That's exactly and, uh, right. I have a Viking hat to go with that. <laughs> That's right. It came from the same creators as the Jewish space laser. It's a Rolex watch. <laughs> They're really good at lasers, and they're really good at making watches. That's what, no, I don't know. I have no idea what that means. So, uh, By the way, the video for that song, we did, I, I, I had to include Jews in Space in the video. <laughs> it's actually in there. It, 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 I, I would have had my parody license revoked. Yeah, by the way, YouTube, you can find Rocky Mountain Mike's uh, YouTube channel by searching for Rocky Mountain Mike. It's just Oh, and as a matter of fact, I set up the green screen last night to to videotape me singing the lead on that. Uh-huh. And uh, luckily for me, it was it was out of focus. But I also got a chance to look at it because I could have fixed it. I could have gone back and done it again. But yeah. I looked at it and realized, oh my God, I am like 100 years old. We can't have this. So I, I yanked it. And so 
How is it possible that it's out of focus? You're a photographer. I would think that that would be I know, like the first I know. thing. Ever, so, well, every the thing shot. is, my camera, yeah. my cam, I, Ni- Nikon's are notorious for having shitty autofocus. Uh-huh. But I, I also have a brand new Sony 4K uh, great camera that I just was too lazy to set up and do. Well, let's see. We're going to dive into the we're going to dive into the uh, impeachment here, Mike, uh, because uh, I, I'm sad to say that uh, my childhood friend Butch Bowers is no longer on Donald Trump's legal team. And that's know, man. that's that's pretty good news, and 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 kind of solidifies the fact that, you know, I never really pegged Butch Bowers as being a uh, a Trump guy, and my guess is he and the other four members of the legal team that up until this point uh, had finally seen the crazy up close. How many times have we seen yeah. this happen, Mike, over the last four or that, five, six I'm years? I'm surprised that he didn't pull somebody off a of TV. You know, well, that Matlock <laughs> looks good. Why don't we get him? <laughs> That's you know? right. Well, what, just, you know, it's where he, <laughs> I mean, even, even Matlock would show up and be like, this guy's fucking nuts. I mean, that's, <laughs> even Andy Griffith would say, oh, Jesus, he's bananas. He's fucking out of his mind. Man, Andy Griffith loves saying the F word. Just F word this, F word that, MF or to you. And, but you you know, he pulls everybody else off of TV. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know, and, and I guess in a way, these guys are kind of in that genre. They're mm-hmm. they're they're just absolutely horrible. Yeah. And and that's what he's got to get because nobody nobody want, and I what are, do the, are the new guys going to take this uh, the election was a sham thing or did, no they they said we're not going to do that right their counter argument is this Mike Donald Trump was just exercising his right to free speech and also he's not the president anymore so you can't even impeach him which has already happened he's already been impeached and that requires right. a trial the the whole thing is in motion he was impeached while he was still president now the trial is underway and there's nothing in the constitution that says that well you know you can only impeach a sitting president and by the way you can only put on trial a sitting president as well well this and is- the other thing is once the articles are delivered there has to be a trial and yeah, that is yeah. in the constitution and jody mentioned that this morning so, mm-hmm. so that's i mean they s- submitted this ridiculous filing today i'm talking about trump's new legal team and they are you know taking this road where it's just like we're putting the whole system on trial god damn it it's like the it's like uh, jackie child from Seinfeld. It's like, <laughs> or it's, uh, it's from the National Lampoon. I yeah. am not going to stand here and have you belittle the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's my guess that, um, as I said before, Butch Bowers got into a room or maybe into a conference call with Donald Trump. It was just like, oh my God, he's out of his goddamn mind. And as I said, there have been you know, Trump supporter after Trump supporter, whether it's a guy like Mark Meadows or any other member of Congress, and more often than not, they experienced the full force of real Donald Trump. You know, what they thought originally was, oh, he's just putting on a show for the the Red Hats. And then they get in to the Oval Office, or they get into a meeting. And or they a find he actually believes his own bullshit. Yeah, they find that he really is nuts, that everything that we've been saying about him for decades is absolutely 100% true. And so that's probably what happened with his legal team. So this new legal team is in, and they are horrible people on top of filing a ridiculous response to the house impeachment managers one guy declined to charge bill cosby you know the horrible horrible things bill cosby was involved in and the other uh maintained that jeffrey epstein was murdered and was in fact the last person to meet or maybe the last lawyer to meet with jeffrey epstein before he 
hanged himself. Um, so that's <laughs> the quality lawyers that Donald Trump has reached by digging down to the bottom of the barrel, the absolute yeah, bottom. But, but, breaking and the and bottom. again, both the, the point I, I guess I was trying to make was that some uh, by those other guys quitting, mm-hmm. I, I think Trump like maybe uh, admitted to himself that he couldn't proceed with that defense yeah. and get anybody. So he changed the, the tactic. Yep. Uh, do, I mean, we don't know that, right? We don't know that he consciously said, okay, we can't do that. Let's do this. Yeah. Well, right. here, uh, the one guy, I think his name is, is it Bruce Castor? Bruce Castor is a Republican, served as a top prosecutor in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, from 2000 to 2008. In 2005, Andrea Costand reported that Cosby had drugged and sexually assaulted her the previous year, but Castor declined to pursue criminal charges. Boy, that's a guy with some foresight, right? Well, if you're if you're going to be on the wrong side of history, yeah. why not go all in? <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely right. So, uh, as I said before, they they filed their responses to Trump's impeachment charges. Uh, it's a bunch of nonsense. I mean, they're trying to make the argument that free speech is absolute. Free speech allows you to say literally anything you fucking want, which is not the case. And there's, uh, you know, U.S. code, there's Supreme Court precedent, all kinds of things. I mean, you could go back to, my God, the seven deadly words, Mike. You and I are familiar with that. Buzz is familiar. All of us who have been in radio are familiar with the seven deadly words, the things that you can't get away with saying on the radio. Why? Because Supreme Court said, no, you can't say these words on the radio. No, there is no absolute free speech in this country. The, the seven deadly words aside, there are rational reasons and justifications for why the, the free speech clause in the First Amendment is not an absolute right. And you can go I also found out in radio that you can't say anything bad about the Bee Gees and keep your job. (laughs) I discovered that. Hey, did you see the documentary about the Bee Gees? That was really absolutely fun. Fantastic. I loved it. Yeah. So many things I had no idea about. Bee Gees only moderately on my radar. But then I I saw this documentary. I was like, holy God. I had first of all, I I had no idea they wrote their own stuff. I just thought that they were this fabricated group that was assembled (laughs) by a record company. And it turns out, no, no, that's not the case. Well, see, I grew up with them uh, being this the those guys that sounded like the Beatles the first time you heard them in those early records. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So. So, yeah, I had a kind of different take on it from someone who came along you know 10 or 15 years later mm-hmm. god i get to talk about music all day and yeah we, you know, we, we were talking about the impeachment um yeah and 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 like jody mentioned uh, you know when the crime is when you're charged with the crime uh then and then it goes to trial well it goes to trial regardless of what your status was after it i mean that's just a bullshit all their arguments are such bullshit on this yeah and they're just trying to appeal to you know they're trying to they're, they're doing this like a political thing uh it's like lindsey graham said you know well if you're gonna do this it's gonna be a long trial and and from his standpoint the reason he says that is the longer this goes on it's gonna be bad politically for the democrats and then if you look at it from the democratic side it's like no this is the right thing to do we yeah. need to make sure this shit doesn't happen again mm-hmm. uh, because if we don't if we don't pursue this it will happen again so it's a matter of right and wrong with the democrats and we with the Republicans, it's it's you know whatever the the numbers are and what can it do for us politically? Because Trump's no longer in office, we don't have to do it for political reasons. Right, right. Well, it's infuriating because here we had a very obvious insurrection against the United States Congress. There's no doubt about this, and there's no doubt about the fact that Donald Trump was involved 100 percent 
in planning that entire thing. And we have new uh, New York Times reporting along those lines where the Times went through and assembled all the facts in Trump's incitement and planning of the insurrection. Let's be completely clear about this. Donald Trump's fingerprints, teeny tiny fingerprints are all over this insurrection and, and, he gonna, did, and he did he did the same plan plan in 2016 yeah he was gonna say it was rigged he did the same thing again he did it in plain sight mm-hmm. and so to 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 say that he used the word peaceful once in his little speech yeah that is that is such utter bullshit because the the pure the you know, the the giant force of the president of the united states telling hundreds of people to go storm the capitol uh, you know, whether he realized that he was going to do that damage or not, uh, you know, hey, you're the president. Yeah, you've yeah. got that kind of power and and people need to be held accountable for what they have the power to do. Well, we words. we now have a, a complete TikTok, Mike, in terms of the blow by blow evolution of how this insurrection ended up taking place. On top of that, we also have evidence that the Department of Defense instructed the D.C. National Guard to all but stand down. I mean, it was there's a document. It's signed. We can read it. It's very clear. They did not want the D.C. National Guard interfering with this erection. With this <laughs> with this erection. Oh, you did it! I ah. did it! I finally did it! Oh shit! Uh, so yeah, that's that's exactly right. Oh my god. Um, so in this New York Times piece, they go through in exhaustive detail the links between not only Donald Trump trying to subvert the election as far as attempting to get votes thrown out and, and attempting to bring in uh, bogus conspiracy theories and so on and trying to kind of shoehorn those through the court process. And Bill Barr was having none of it. There's fisticuffs involved here. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, Trump's lawyers were not finding substantial evidence of malfeasance or enough irregularity to overturn the election. So uh, Trump decided to give Rudy Giuliani leadership of the entire legal strategy, making November 12th the day when Mr. Trump's effort to reverse his loss in the courts became an all-out extra-legal, and we have to underscore that word, extra-legal campaign to disenfranchise millions of voters based on the false notion of pervasive fraud. And the thing that keeps striking me about this, Mike, is... How many people were suckered by this entire scam? This is a massive, massive delusion. I mean, this was one of the biggest frauds, one of the biggest cons in the history of this country, that Donald Trump was able to convince all these people, and obviously with the help of the, you know, the Q forums and, and, and uh, 4chan and 8chan and all the rest of it, uh, Fox News. They channel. absolutely were not going to give up their binky at any cost. And so they were, <laughs> no. they, were willing, they were willing to do what, you know, it's like, it's like online dating or something yeah. where you believe everything that this supposedly really attractive other person is saying online, and then you meet them and find out that they've been lying about everything. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's like you want it to, you want it all to be true. Yeah. So that's, there, there's no, once you, once you want something to be true so badly, it doesn't matter what the evidence is or anything like that, especially when the evidence is so arcane and you got to sit through three hours of video and in, in the Georgia polling place to see they weren't recounting the votes. Yeah, uh, you know it's really hard to to talk to somebody about that particular incident and not get into such detail that everybody's going to fall asleep. That's right. Well, and that's, I, that's and that's the problem. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, a lot of these guys are going to go to prison for a long, long time. <laughs> 
Donald Trump raised uh, hundreds of millions of dollars off of these suckers who are just that, throwing that money their money down all, a hole. Money should all go to the homeless. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great idea. Seriously, that's a great idea. Asset forfeiture in this instance, I think, is completely on the table. As far as I'm concerned, if I was the Department of Justice, if I was the Attorney General, I would seize Trump Tower. I would put a COVID memorial there. I would seize Mar-a-Lago. I'd put a COVID memorial there, too. You take Donald Trump's money that was raised under fraudulent circumstances based on conspiracy theories yeah, just and that, made just up that bullshit. Amount, right? That just that 150 million there, yeah, uh, was absolutely raised under false pre- pretenses, and it was. But this gets back to Citizens United and everything mm-hmm. like that. They, sh- they they shouldn't even have these groups where they can have millions of dollars that you can just basically spend any way you want. Yep, uh, that that shouldn't even be a thing. And don't get me started. So this uh, Times piece goes on and says uh, the Texas Attorney General's Supreme Court lawsuit seeking to effectively wipe out 20 million votes in four battleground states won by Mr. Biden was secret drafted by lawyers close to the White House, the Times found. So the White House is directly involved with these state-level lawsuits, uh, especially this Texas lawsuit, which was thrown out for lack of standing. Obviously, if you're in Texas, you can't say, well, you know, the people of uh, Pennsylvania were defrauded. Well, that's not your it's not your state. It's not your jurisdiction. So stick with your jurisdiction. And so uh, meanwhile, at the White House on December 18th, Mr. Trump met with Sidney Powell and two prominent associates, former Overstock.com chief executive Patrick Byrne, who was financing his own team of cyber sleuths. I can't even imagine the brain trust that the team of cyber sleuths were, but they were to uh, help prove voter fraud. Uh, Mike Flynn was there, of course, the disgraced and newly pardoned former national security advisor. Wait, who can had- we back up a second on the yeah. cyber sleuths? How, how do you actually prove fraud uh, through cyber activity when most of this stuff is done uh, in a in a non-networked fashion. I mean, yeah. these voting machines and everything, they're they're not supposed to be online, right? No. Uh, so so how what can you I mean, I'm just curious what they think they could do uh, by some sort of internet forensic analysis or something when it's paper ballots that they're counting, you know? They probably were going through some of the official websites for the various precincts and counties. So they're looking at the the actual tabulation websites where they show you where the votes came from, which, you know, which precinct, which county, and they're looking at the numbers as they're reported by the various boards of elections. So that's my hunch in terms of what they're looking at online. And that's where they see things where there's either a reporting error or something along those lines. That's where they start doing math and say, oh, there are more votes for Joe Biden in this place than there are people who live there, which is most often a mistake because the numbers don't always suss out. There's a whole process to reporting these numbers, and sometimes they're over-reported and then they backpedal and change. And And not to get too much into the weeds, but one of the big things that I see thrown at me as a right-wing argument is when I say, well, why wasn't any of this proven in these 64 uh, court cases? Mm-hmm. And they will always come back and say, well, they wouldn't hear our evidence. Yeah. They, they wouldn't actually have the case in the court in the first place. Right. Uh, so that's, you know, that's their argument. And there again, you have to get into each case individually and see why the, the case was thrown out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's their current sort of that's the, and that was what they said uh, on the floor of the Senate on on you know even after the riot was yeah. 
uh, th- this stuff needs to be heard in court that wasn't heard in court. That's mm-hmm. basically that's their excuse now. That's their latest excuse. Yep. Is that well, we we never got a chance to show how this was fraud. Um, so anyway, (laughs) yeah, well, I mean, how many experts do they need to tell, including Donald Trump's handpicked attorney general, now former attorney general, Bill Barr, who's just like, yeah, there's nothing here. You can't find, there's nothing. We see nothing. There's no irregularities here and you're making up crap. You're manufacturing evidence, but I'm, I'm getting that's, that's where the, uh, that's where the intimidation of the wizard of Oz factor takes over. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's this big guy and he's bigger than life. And he says this, and there must be something to it yeah and it just goes from there oh yeah lots of examples in this new york times piece of donald trump saying oh what about dominion what about this what about that and there's nothing there absolutely zilch so this december 18th meeting where you've got Sidney powell you've got patrick byrne in there mike flynn is in there and uh, you've got pat cipollone and this Session, it says here in the New York Times, descended into a shouting match between the three members of Trump's White House team, including his White House counsel, Pat Cipollone. It was really damn close to fisticuffs, Mr. Byrne recalled. I'd like to see which members of that meeting were actually ready to throw down, which were who were actually ready to oh, punch Sydney, someone. Sydney, do not fuck with Sydney. <laughs> Exactly right. I just they should put that on. They should put that shit on TV. I just don't see Trump as a guy who would actually start to push toward some sort of physical confrontation. He strikes me as a giant coward who talks a big game, but then when someone gets in his face, he completely backs down. He crumbles like a house of cards. Yeah, he does it time and again. Yeah, yeah. But you know that uh, that Times article. um, You know that should be the playbook. Mm-hmm. It really should be for for the uh, for the for the um, for the Senate uh, prosecutors. Yeah, yeah. Well, this next section is going to be extraordinarily revealing in terms of the word usage here. So we'll get into that right after these words. Eisier, that is A I S I E R. What is it? Luxurious modern sleepwear for the independent woman. Their sleepwear is made from one hundred percent washable silk. Silk is known to reduce skin surface moisture loss and limit skin irritation. Best of all, it's comfortable, so lightweight, it feels like a second skin. It'll keep you warm in the winter and cool in the summer with a fabric that loves your skin all year round. And in every type of weather, wearing silk to sleep is simply therapy at night. Eisier is owned by an amazing woman, a single mom. Their products are made right here in California. You can feel good about supporting a small business delivering high-quality products. Now is the perfect time. Treat yourself or a loved one to something extra special to sleep and lounge in during Eisier's Valentine's sale. Go to shopizier.com slash discount slash Stephanie. Use the discount code Stephanie, 10% off your order. That's shop, A-I-S-I-E-R.com slash discount slash Stephanie. Use that code Stephanie for 10% off your order. The Bob Seska Show.
yeah, this is a uh, really special track here. This is uh, this is my college roommate and uh, one of my best friends, Tim Pinella. And uh, back in the day, as you can tell here, this is a this is a remix of uh, Long Distance Runaround by Yes. And uh, back in the day, we uh, did some work for Yes. I did some album covers and some yeah. uh, some video and animation work for them. And and they also had us uh, do a remix of one of their songs. And they send us all the stems for the song, which are the individual tracks that make up a particular song. And Tim put them all together in this special new way uh, to create a remix. And damn it, if uh, Yes didn't say, eh, not interested. <laughs> Sucked. But uh, I love this version of Long Distance Runaround. Really well done. It just it sounds like it sounds like Peter Gabriel redid it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit! And this, this is just the kind of treatment I think. Uh, yes, kind of needed to freshen up its sound, uh, especially at that period of time. It was during the uh, recording of the Magnification album. I have another thing that I want to play either on this show or I've reached out to the Yes Music Podcast, uh, Kevin Mulrain over there at the uh, Yes Music Podcast. And there's a song that Yes recorded, an original song. It's only about a minute, 40 seconds long, but it's an original song that no one has ever heard before. And it was created for my VH1 cartoon show that I did for a couple wow. of seasons back uh, about wow. 20 years ago. Yeah. and oh, yet- I, We're not worthy, Bob. That is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. In fact, they volunteered to do a theme song for the show, and the Holy piss. God. Hey, does Frank does Frank Conniff know about this? <laughs> I gotta because tell him because he would worship you forever. You know, you, oh, would gain, yeah. you would gain some serious Frank Conniff points. Yeah, point. Frank and I have talked yes on a couple of occasions when he was on the uh, Fugelsang show there for a while, and, and man, uh, but I gotta have Frank back on. By the way, I gotta have him on the oh, interview show. We can yeah. talk about yes, but and tell him to watch that fucking movie I sent him. <laughs> I sent him this movie that yeah. I he just uh, you don't don't send Frank Conn if anything he if it's like something you watch or listen to he will not do it and Fugel Sang has told me that many times he's just very stubborn okay well uh, long story short SoundCloud.com slash Tim Panella that's P A N E L L A and he is a goddamn genius Tim and I had a, our own little band together in college uh, in Pennsylvania after that Tim became the music director at my animation studio and so we were able to work together for a while there on cartoons you did man, all the you sound and I, effects you, and sh- you and i should work together you know you should animate one of my songs man it would just be <laughs> I, I actually enlisted some animators to do that when the oh, album yeah. came out and it took forever mm-hmm. they did great work they did great work but but you really gain an appreciation of just how much work goes into that it was so weird working with yes for both tim and i because in college all we did was you know in our spare time we recorded music we talked about bands like yes and like, well, wouldn't it be cool if we uh, could ever meet Yes one of these days? And you fast forward ten years or whatever it was, and suddenly we're working with Yes. But it was wow. it was also there was a side of it that was uh, exciting and mind blowing and surreal. But then there was another side of it that was soul crushing because sometimes it's not a good idea to meet your heroes. That's just yeah. a. Oh, yeah. Life rule. I've told some of those stories on the after party and other uh, times on the show. That's why I never want to meet Buzz. (laughs) I don't want to be. I don't want to be disappointed. Oh shit! Well, because I have I have a little altar to Buzz in my living room. You too. I light candles. So yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, okay, so let's get back to this. By the way, you were talking about the uh, trial. Did you see this? Uh, The the lawyers for Trump misspelled United States in their opening brief. (laughs) 
Yeah, it says to the honorable the members of the of the United States Senate. So they, I guess they did it like like he says it, you know, United States. Yeah, what? God bless United States. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there. I didn't know if you knew it or not. Yeah. Well, par for the course. For the longest time, I thought someone was deliberately screwing with him. I thought someone was punking him inside the White House by deliberately putting in misspellings like that into all of those official White House documents. But I guess that was legitimate. I don't know. But I think some of those mysteries from the past four years, I think we need to know the answers to some of those things because I do too. I just don't want to see the Oprah reunion show. <laughs> no, definitely not. Bring out Scaramucci! Yay! So, uh, uh, okay, so with the White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, backing him, uh, Bill Barr told the president that he could not manufacture evidence. This is the actual wording from the New York Times piece. Barr told the president he could not manufacture evidence, which... Obviously leads us all to believe that Donald Trump was making shit up and trying to get Bill Barr to prosecute based on the made up shit. And we all know this. Obvious anyone who has eyeballs over the past, God, the past three decades, four decades, we all know that Trump makes up shit all the time. Everything he says is made up. But this time he wanted to get the DOJ to move on this fake evidence, which is uh unprecedented his, this, this is what happens when you when you spend your whole life doing this shit with the local media and the yeah. new jersey uh whatever commission just snowballing people <laughs> your whole life That's and it. then you become president and you never get out of that mode mm-hmm. you can look at tapes from trump 30 years ago talking about his stupid fucking failed airline or yeah. his stupid fucking failed taj mahal and it's the same language it, he he never got out of that mode and and unfortunately, there's just a whole shitload of people out there that never saw that part of the. They didn't. They didn't never saw the prequel. The DOJ would have no role, it says here, in challenging states' results. And then even Steve Bannon had turned on the Dominion uh, voting systems theory that he'd helped to push. It was time to present evidence, quote unquote, or move on, he said on his show a few days later. And ultimately, Mr. Trump agreed about the Dominion thing, at least for the moment, to focus on a different goal, blocking congressional certification of the results on Jan 6. So that became the goal as of around, it was somewhere between December 18th and Christmas time. Donald Trump decided, okay, we're going after that certification okay, so on the Hill. Okay, so that's in the New York Times. The question, obviously, the $64,000 question is, or the $255 million question, yeah. is how documented is that? How documented is what they're saying there? You know, is well, this something we can put into evidence? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I'm not sure what the rules are in terms of the press turning over to investigators uh, evidence that they may have or whether this is just seen uh, by the House impeachment managers as being a tip-off. Like, okay, we've got this thing in the New York Times. We're going to try to pursue this ourselves and try to recreate the facts or try to attain the same facts. I'm I'm not really concerned about the mechanics of how it gets introduced. I'm just concerned about whether it exists. It should. I imagine it's a lot of uh, uh, evidence in the form of testimony i imagine nothing is on paper donald trump notoriously takes every piece of paper that he receives into his 
teeny tiny little hands and crumples it up and throws it in the garbage. So a lot of White House people have to run up and try to recover some of that paper. But I imagine none of this was on paper other than the, like the my pillow guy putting together like a martial law dossier or something like that. I don't think there's anything that has Trump's signature on it. it says, yeah, please, let's all get together and we're going to march down to the Capitol and yada, yada, yada. Well, but- there's there's plenty of testimony. There's plenty of evidence that can sway people and and make people sympathetic to the idea that uh you know the, uh, that this is really was the crime that it was yeah there's all of that and there's public opinion and then there's the fucking senators you know right so they obviously will not convict and that we'll never get enough people to convict yeah uh but i understand that we might get enough people on the 14th amendment vote well this so. is this is why it's so important to bring witnesses and one of the reasons why lindsey graham is so opposed to bringing witnesses because witnesses are going to come in and say yeah of course this was what was said and this is what wasn't said. And I imagine Bill Barr is going to get a subpoena. I imagine Steve Bannon's yeah, going to get a subpoena. So they're, they're, they're going to have to be like really fantastic witnesses because look at all the senators yeah. who didn't pay a single price for uh, for acquitting him in the first trial. Yeah. I don't know of any any Republican senator who lost his job because of that. Even Susan fucking Collins. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she, she she if she won't come down, if they won't, if the people of Maine won't bring her down on that, then what hope do we have for, you know, for South Carolina and Georgia and North Carolina and Virginia and, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's the pisser of it. That's the pisser. I mean, they can have videotape, Mike. They can have tape of Donald Trump saying, we're going to march down to the Capitol and we're going to invade the Capitol and we're going to storm the Senate chambers and the House chambers. and We're going to do all these things, all the stuff that we saw transpire. He could be on videotape detailing all of it point by point. And still the Republicans go, and they would do this whole thing where they, you know, circle the wagons. Right, and because those yahoos are still out there with their Trump flags, and they're still out there with their yes, trucks and shit. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the the more the more the more evidence comes out, the more they want to push back mm-hmm. because they just look at this whole thing as of as the elitists picking on them. And, you know, this is all, I mean, look what they want to do. They want to give everybody in Guantanamo a shot before we get one. And, yeah. You know, whatever bullshit they're peddling, uh, they're just all in on it. And that is not going to change. And that's just this, you know. Well, one of the things they, uh, one of the things that was discussed inside the White House came from the a former North Carolina Supreme Court justice who had uh, this crazy interpretation of the Constitution that Mike Pence had the power to stop the certification and throw out any results he deemed to be fraudulent. But of course, the Constitution and the law uh, says that the vice president's role is strictly ministerial; that he shall, quote unquote, open envelopes from each state, read the vote count, and ask if there are objections. Nothing more. So that is kind of nonsense. And we talk about Donald Trump running a con. There are people who are still to this day running a con on Donald Trump. Make no mistake about it. He is both the originator of a con and the subject, the mark of of cons that are happening, plural cons, where people say, ah, Mr. Trump, here's this thing, that this cockamamie bullshit that we just invented that happened in Arizona. What do you think of this? Oh, yes, I think this is great news. We should do this. And so he's gone with any yes, bit of bullshit. That that con- on the cons theme there, I think you could call January 6th the wrath of cons. 
That's exactly right. Uh, there's this other group, Women for America First. They were the original organizer of the January 6th rally in Washington. At the turn of the year, Trump decided to join the rally himself, and the event effectively became a White House production, with several people close to the administration and the Trump campaign joining the team. The former Trump campaign advisor, Katrina Pearson, was the liaison to the White House, a former administration official said, and the president discussed the speaking lineup as well as the music to be played. So it's the president's choice of YMCA, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. According to a person with direct knowledge of the conversations, for Trump, the rally was to be the percussion line in the symphony of subversion he was composing from the Oval Office. That is hugely indicting right there. Meanwhile, Dustin Stockton, who worked with Steve Bannon at Breitbart and an organizer of the event, said he was surprised to learn on the day of the rally that it would now include a march from the Ellipse to the Capitol. So, and it says right here, I'm going to read this sentence verbatim. Before the White House became involved, he said, the plan had been to stay at the ellipse until the counting of state electoral slates was completed. But the White House, and now I'm adding this just for the sake of clarification, but the White House decided, and probably that means Donald Trump, decided, nope, we're going to march right on down to the Capitol building. And that's where we hear, you know, reports from Alex Jones, who had raised, now we learn, all kinds of money. Alex Jones raised all kinds of money for this event to come together. Tens of thousands of dollars he uh, raised for this. Uh, Meanwhile, Trump's defense secretary, as I said before, disarmed the D.C. National Guard ahead of the insurrection. I want to talk about that in detail uh, right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. This on uh, Friday's After Party. This is Lizanne Knott, the great Lizanne Knott. Song called Walk Away. It's the lead track from Bones and Gravity. LizanneKnott.com. Oh my God, what a great, uh, great singer. Uh, it's an amazing album of, uh, so I guess I guess you would call it modern country. I don't know if it's uh, country folk. 
Americana in there, too. Just uh, some incredible work. Lizanne Nod is one of our faves here on the show. Uh, BobSeska.com slash music if you want to submit. Also, links in the description for all of the songs we play here. And Speaking of Bob, Bob speaking of uh, audio, I really, if you'll indulge me, I'd like to play a little bit of your jingle here. Oh, yes, yes, please do. My, okay, my so jingle. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of dreamy, hunky men, why? <laughs> Bob Seska joins us now. We interrupt this program to bring you a special broadcast. You're cute. Familiar I love you, Bob Seska. Where you coming from? Bob's <laughs> from Washington. You Seska Okay, the reason I play that yeah. is because Hal Holbrook is the one who just says, just follow the money oh, at the end there. And, and we lost man. Hal Holbrook today at, at age 95. Oh, yeah. And you know what? That's so sad. I mean, uh, a guy who's played uh, all kinds of amazing characters, from Mark Twain to Abraham Lincoln, his... The bad guy in the firm. Yeah, Hal Holbrook. My favorite Hal Holbrook uh, role was in Into the Wild, which is the story of uh, Oh yeah, the dad, yeah, Chris McCandless. Well, he he actually just no, he was, the, no, he was yeah, he was the old guy that he uh, that he ran to on on the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just such a first of all, it's a wonderful movie. I just love yeah. that film, and it's not just because Chris McCandless went to my high school and his sister was in my class and so on. It's oh, <laughs> I have I all these weird that. connections, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, but it's all it's just a, an, an incredible movie directed by Sean Penn. It's sad, it's tragic, but it's it's one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Vedder does the the sound track to it it's just and from you know, top they, to bottom they yanked that bus out of the wilderness there uh, oh yeah so i remember were making a pilgrimage to it so they got rid of it yeah which is good which is good from a public safety standpoint what do they do with it? yeah i was really looking for i read the short story uh, as it was when it was published in outside magazine it was that notorious trip i took on christmas day to las vegas to go photograph with my new camera the, the grand canyon uh-huh. i get to las vegas and discover my driver's license has expired three weeks earlier oh, no. and i can't can't rent a car. Right. So I, I had to take the same plane back to Dallas, same flight crew and everything. They probably wondered what I was doing in Vegas for only three hours. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> Which you was just... sitting in the in the airport reading that story and re- really looked forward to the movie coming out. And, uh, you know, just a... I, John John Kakar's stuff. Uh, I've read a lot of his short stories. I highly mm. recommend it. I was expecting you to say that you started hitchhiking after you couldn't get a car, and and the, you know, know, I was I was trying to think of any way I could get down there. You know, and the story ends with you in an abandoned school bus eating poison berries. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was really it was when I was first starting my get out there and photograph the whole world kind of oh, thing. Yeah. So, in a way, Chris McCandless was kind of a hero. But as I've grown older, I'm like, you know, there are so many people. People who mistake the, the idea of finding themselves for, you know, getting eaten, eaten by a bear you know, yeah, or something. Yeah. They, they, so many people don't realize the danger that they put themselves and their loved ones in uh, when they go to places without really being prepared. What's so. the, uh, the lesson in Dead Poet Society? You can suck the marrow out of life, just don't choke on the bone. That's the uh, yeah. There yeah. you go. There you go. <laughs> so uh, speaking of choking on the bone, uh, what a terrible segue. The uh, the acting <laughs> defense secretary, <laughs> the acting defense secretary instructed the D.C. National Guard. Of course, the the jurisdiction of the D.C. National Guard goes to the president, but the president has traditionally deferred to the Pentagon to deploy and to give instructions to the D.C. Guard. It's just that gray area because of the nature of the district. So Christopher Miller, who was the acting defense secretary, uh, laid out the following instructions. This was on January 4th, is two days before the insurrection. He said the following, without my subsequent personal authorization, the DCNG, DC National Guard, is not authorized 
the following. So these are the things that it's not authorized to do. To be issued weapons, ammunition, bayonets, batons, or ballistic protection equipment such as helmets and body armor. So none of that was allowed. To interact physically with protesters except when necessary in self-defense or defense of others consistent with the DCNG rules of the use of force. To employ any riot control agents to share, these are, again, all things that are forbidden, to share equipment with law enforcement agencies, to use intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance assets to conduct ISR or incident awareness and assessment activities, to employ helicopters or any other air assets, to conduct searches, seizures, arrests, or other similar direct law enforcement activity, and uh, to seek support from any non-DCNG National Guard units. So completely handcuffed in the face of something that the White House was directly planning. And we well, can't- obviously, you'd ask yourself, why Why are those rules all, those are like longstanding rules, right? Well, no, these are rules that are specific to this particular event, to the demonstrations plan from January 5th oh, really? 6th. Yeah. Oh, this me- okay, okay so-, so I should probably read the first part of the memorandum before reading the rest of it. But this memorandum responds to your January 4, 2021 uh, memorandum regarding the District of Columbia request for District of Columbia oh, okay. National Guard support. And this this is from the, the, the acting defense secretary? Yeah, this is, me- this is a memorandum from- for the secretary of the Army from the defense secretary. Uh, the acting okay. defense secretary, okay. Chris Miller. Okay, okay. So the subject is employment guidance for the District of Columbia National Guard, and this is uh, in response to planned demonstrations for January 5th to the 6th, 2021. You are authorized to approve the requested support subject to my guidance below and subject to consultation with the Attorney General as required by Executive Order 11485. So this is all specific to the insurrection. This is you So then the question becomes... Uh, can they get the? Can they get Chris Miller on the stand? Can they call him as a witness? They, I would assume that they're going to. I assume that they're also going to call guys like Charlie Flynn, uh, Mike Flynn's brother, who was on the right. conference call, and you know has that possible conflict of interest where you have Mike Flynn on on the day before. I think it was the night before, or maybe that day, saying let's go march down to the Capitol and let's get them. Yeah. And then Charlie yeah, Flynn I, being I, on the conference call about if the this isn't guard. a conspiracy against the United States, I don't know what is. Yeah. I, you know, we owe Benedict Arnold an apology. <laughs> yeah. You know, this this is just absolutely unbelievably over the top. Yep, yep, uh, a thousand percent. I mean, this is uh, one of the most heinous crimes committed in the history of this country, especially uh, on behalf of the President of the United States. There is no reason whatsoever that anyone should be going, oh, let's just move on. Let's just ignore this. Let's just, nah. Let's, why are we impeaching this guy? Why are you silencing conservatives? Why are you well, silencing and you know what they're doing? They're, you know, the, the, the Republicans are out there bill barring everybody. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. they're already saying the important thing is to move on. And the important thing is not to, uh, you know, to have division in this country mm-hmm. because they know this shit is coming. It's the same thing. Yep. It's the same thing Bill Barr did. And they all knew that this was going to turn violent. That's the main thing. And that doesn't, it also doesn't get discussed a whole lot. But I think the motivation toward violence was percolating there. It was very clear. There's a, a video. Yeah. There's a video it, going it, around uh, of, the, of one of the organizers, a guy named Alan Hostetter. Um, and this is a Mother Jones exclusive. They reported that this uh, Stop the Steal organizer, Alan Hostetter, called for the execution of Trump foes. And who is sitting right next to him with a big shit? eating grin on his face dana rohrbacher 
was at that rally standing wow. right next to Alan Hostetter as he's talking well, uh, talking about executing Trump uh, enemies. And so, well, <laughs> you know, I sit here in, in, you know, I mentioned it before, my county, 77% for Trump. And there are some real, you know, unbelievably stupid rednecks here. There's some yeah. great people, but there's also, and if you read the Facebook postings of the local newspaper and stuff, uh-huh. and also the one, the newspaper that comes out of Greensboro, which is, even I would say even worse in yeah. terms of racism, you know, <laughs> uh, some of the things that people were saying along that time period were, were alluding to violence on the 6th. Yeah. And they were, th- these guys were, some of them I knew were white nationalists and they were looking forward to this. So for anybody to say that they didn't think this would turn violent, they were not paying attention to social media. And you can't tell me that Homeland Security doesn't do that that's mm-hmm. their job right 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 so so they have they have they probably have actual numbers they probably have this divided up into postings in terms of how many people were talking violence on january 6th mm-hmm. including the president himself who was talking about okay, i'm gonna march with you down to the capitol building we're all gonna go down to the capitol building. i mean he announced this during his rally speech the president it's on tape we can see it we can hear it Talking about how we're going to go down to the Capitol building, and you got to use strength. He said, "You got to be strong." Right. So, so, so their argument is is that he didn't light a match, but the our argument needs to be, you were standing in front of the biggest fucking can of gasoline yeah. possible, mm-hmm. and you had to know that there is no gray area here. Everything that we suspect to have happened on that day happened. It really happened. And the only reason we're we're sitting here parsing the evidence is because we're kind of forced to parse the evidence because otherwise, well, one, we don't know what the evidence is. And two, the Republicans are trying to continue what they've always done, which is the constant gaslighting, the dissembling, the, well, you know, you don't, you must be crazy because we're not seeing the same thing you people are saying. And so that's the logic that they're using or the twisted logic that they're using, the toxic logic. Well, I mean, are you sure this all happened? I mean, why do, and, and so uh, then we have to go through and parse these events as if we're losing our minds and that we need to keep our, you know, our, our brains closely tethered to reality. And the fact is that this happened exactly the way it turned out. Donald Trump incited this. His minion fed him information to spread around to his, and he had the bully pulpit of not only this Twitter account, but disciples waiting on his every word. Were it not for Donald Trump refusing to accept the results, this would not have happened. None of this would have occurred had it not been for Donald Trump lighting the match. And uh, the, the very but fact again, that- unfortunately, we have a, a body that is uh, uh, still on the fence about whether or not calling for the execution of Nancy Pelosi yeah. is a game is, is somehow bad. Right. You know, we, we, we have so many millions of people here who uh, can't even accept that simple fact. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know. There are more people in the Republican caucus on the Hill who agree with Donald Trump, who agree with the nonsensical conspiracy theories, than who uh, disagree. And, what, there are five five traditional Republicans left on the Hill? I guess the, the five who are now kind of actively meeting with Joe Biden and so on, Mitt Romney yeah. and Susan Collins. And- well, uh- and as as we've said, the only way to uh, to defeat this is to take the ball, run with it, 
and get some touchdowns and get some things done for the American people Mm -hmm. so people can stop this crazy, crazy stuff that all started with Hillary hate. I mean, it started with Obama hate, right? It started with that. I really think that was probably the biggest single thing that caused something like QAnon to happen Mm -hmm. was they just completely lost their shit that a black guy could be president. And then when they saw Hillary being the, the possible successor, uh, they continue to lose their shit. And this is just the next example of that. But I got to think, I'm just optimistic that over time that, you know, there's no more Obama around. You don't have to worry about him. You don't have to worry about Hillary anymore. Uh, you know, uh, the, the biggest thing they've got is Hunter Biden's laptop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got to think that as we move along that these this, the, the crazy Benghazi wing uh, will will just have to it will have to be minimized at a certain yeah. point because they have clearly overplayed their cards, and 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 they, they got nothing else. Yeah. So this is it. You know, after this, when the, when they had these QAnon stuff and all that, when when they've just gone absolutely batshit crazy, uh, and they they've run out of steam. This, yeah. This, yeah. This is it. This is the end of the line. Well, one way or another, the batshit crazy stuff is going to destroy the Republican Party. Either they embrace it and get ostracized by voters because of it. Or they allow the Republican Party to split into two portions, into this smaller entity that's still technically the Republican Party, and then this larger entity that is the whatever the Trump thing is, Patriot Party, whatever you want to call it. And so that's going to destroy it, too. So they have bit off a giant orange chunk of Donald Trump bullshit, and now they're stuck with it. It's digesting through their system, and it is going to tear them apart. And that's... That's the ultimate upside in this. I mean, it's a shame that we had to go through a fucking insurrection at the Capitol building. It's a shame that we had to go through five years of this goddamn massive Trump deception, this Trump con, uh, and all of its commensurate awfulness in order to get to this place. But where we are now, on a kind of a weirdly hopeful note, it is decimating them. And it's not going to be something that's going to happen overnight. It's not going to be like a Thanos snap and then suddenly we're Republicans are going to disappear forever. It's going to take some time for this thing to kind of fall apart. And the more evidence we hear, some of the evidence that's going to be in the impeachment trial, some of the evidence that we're going to see in some of the state-level prosecutions, even some uh, DOJ prosecutions, because remember, as far as we know, Trump has not pardoned himself or his his kids. So he is still susceptible to prosecution by U.S. attorneys. So uh, one way or another, though, we are going to find out the details to what exactly he did in this crime and Many of the previous crimes, and I hope they don't, because of the nature, the magnitude of the insurrection, I hope we don't end up ignoring things like the Ukraine quid pro quo, which was also cheating in the election. I mean, basically, the in the insurrection process began with the Ukraine nonsense. And, uh, you know, we're talking about Russia, too, the obstruction of justice charges laid out in the Mueller report and on down the line. All of this stuff needs to be examined. You know, and, and, and at some point, this has to we have to stop. Uh, we, we have to we have to look at uh, an insurrection against the United States government and somehow not have Leslie Stahl turn that into a question to Nancy Pelosi about how old she is. <laughs> you know, exactly we have right, to get yeah. the press to get off their asses mm-hmm. and do their job. Yeah, yes. and speaking of the press, there's a non-story going around today, thanks to the uh, the people at Politico. That they're, they're saying that the uh, press secretary, uh, is it Jen Psaki? God, I forgot yeah. her first yeah. name. Yeah. yeah, Jen Psaki was uh, like quizzing some members of the press about some of the questions they may ask in the uh, 
actual press gaggles in the, the press conferences in the uh, White House press room. And uh, and so she would get some questions in advance, and that's supposed to be a big scandal. That's supposed to be something awful. Yeah, you know what? These uh, press Q&As, they're not supposed to be pop quizzes. It's not a game show. You can find out the questions in advance. If finding out the questions in advance are leading to some form of deception, okay, make a big stink about that. But if she's being honest in her responses to those questions that she may, and I underscore may, get in advance, so the fuck what? It does not matter. It does not matter. Yeah. As Jesse Jackson said, it does not matter. The question is moot. And so <laughs> that is my conclusion to that story. And, and, and Godspeed to Jesse Jackson. He was just admitted to the hospital yesterday. Oh, yeah, uh, really? I didn't so, know that. Yeah, we, so we, yeah, so we wish him well. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. yeah it's, he not was COVID, the, it's not COVID, but he's, he's in the hospital right he now. He was the centerpiece to one of my all-time favorite SNL sketches, which is the game show called The Question is Moot the point from is, the 1984 season. The Question is Moot. Yeah, yeah, The Question is Moot. It does not matter. The Question is Moot. And, and that was actually co-written by Martin Short. And I love the fact that Martin Short was involved in that, too. He just loved, loved the use of the word moot. Uh, okay, right. so well, that's thanks it. for having me on again, Bob. Thank, thank, you. thank you, Mike. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, all the best to Buzz to, uh, for a safe drive home, and uh, we're going to see him again real soon here on the show. Probably, probably two weeks from today is uh, Buzz's triumphant return to the show. Uh, meanwhile, you can find Rocky Mountain Mike on Twitter at Rocky MNTN Mike. And also, where else? Oh, yeah, of course, his, uh, his YouTube channel, which we were talking about before. You can see all the videos yeah. that he's made. And I'm on Instagram at Rocky underscore Mountain underscore Mike. Yes. Sorry about the underscores. The, the, yeah, <laughs> I, that's my Twitter handle. It's got an underscore in there. I'm, I'm crazy for doing that. But yeah, and lots of pretty, a lot of pretty pictures out there. Yes, so. by God, subscribe to Rocky Mountain Mike's Instagram feed. It is uh, incredible. Just uh, your photography is stellar, out of this world, Thanks. and it's Thank a you. it's a must see. Absolutely a must see. Again, that's it for the show. The postmortem show is coming up next on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Show. Also, bobseskashow.com, or you can click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And uh, we'll see you on the postmortem show. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. One last thing here. We're so grateful that vaccinations for COVID-19 are underway. Unfortunately, while there's light at the end of the tunnel, infection rates and hospitalizations are at an all-time high across the country. In California, some hospitals are turning away patients or threatening to ration care. While we're nearing the finish line for this brutal pandemic, getting there means staying safe. For the foreseeable future, only respirator face masks provide real protection from transmission. Unfortunately, the huge demand and limited supply of respirators means we are flooded with fakes and counterfeits that do almost nothing. Well, right now, the New Deal Shop.com has FDA-authorized KN95 respirator masks with anti-fraud labeling on every single package that can be verified right on the manufacturer's website. They're tested in the United States by the NPPTL and provide the most significant level of protection. Their respirator masks are in stock in the U.S. and ship immediately for free. Go to thenewdealshop.com now and get verified, authenticated, FDA-authorized N95 masks shipped immediately to your home or business. That's thenewdealshop.com. TheNewDealShop.com. Go now.